The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. fans welcome back to the airing of grievances i am one of your three lovely hosts brian finch with me as always we have the dark jedi himself matt johnson blue milk blue milk hi guys what's going on (laughs) and the bounty hunter legend himself johnny townsend Uh, yellow milk yellow milk that's not milk That's impossible. <laughs> tip of the tip of the day. Don't drink yellow milk. That's not milk. That's impossible. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> it should be, honestly. It should be. Um hi guys. Uh, hi. Hello. How are ye? Hello there. Uh, I'm Hello well. there. I'm doing great. And it's literally the best day of my week right now. Yeah, it oh, is. Because you're talking to us. Yeah, I get it literally is yeah that is it yes (laughs) not joking at all no uh you know unspoken of truths it's uh laid out right in front of everyone and all the listeners that my favorite day of the week when it is recording week is always well today it's a wednesday but uh usually we're a wednesday recording usually Usually. we're a wednesday yeah normally we're wednesday we jumped around the, the timing of the shows yeah no, it worked out really good. Um, of course, with uh, Ahsoka dropping Tuesday nights, and then nobody, most of most of America watching it on Wednesdays um, to kind of get it. So we watch it, and uh, we get to talk about it. And you know, today, uh, today we get to talk about a whole bunch of episodes. Kind of the overall thought of it. There's still two episodes left, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. It's an eight parter. So when we uh, reconvene in October, we'll get to finish up our discussion of Ahsoka. Uh, which is really cool. We got some fun stuff to talk about today. Um, Brian got choice for this week's, or sorry, Jesus, I'm usually a, a weekly guy, guy, podcast guy. Um, this month's theme, which we're going back to the world of video games, we're going to talk about the Star Wars Battlefront franchise, which uh, very, very excited to talk about our history and experiences with that. Um, but Brian, I believe it was you posted something in the group chat um, this past weekend, um, and while I was kayaking and texting, uh, an interesting don't discussion try it, topic. Don't try it at home. Leave it to the professionals, kids. <laughs> Leave it to the pros. Um, you brought up an interesting discussion topic that it was a video clip from another show. And, um, and, uh, why don't you relate it and let's, uh, let's open this episode up with, uh, with a hot question. Yeah. I'm just scrolling back up to see if I can see. Uh, the reels by Rocky students. I doubt that's what the podcast is. But anyways, uh, hot take artists are in every 
genre of media. And apparently, even Star Wars fans have the hottest of hot takes. This gentleman made the claim that is literally Obi-Wan's fault. His ownership of the fault goes to Obi-Wan for what happens to Anakin and his turn to the dark side. And I had to post it, and I had to discuss it. I'm glad we saved it for the show for a full-on discussion. Mostly, yes. <laughs> my goodness, immediately I just had thoughts. And, of course, like I'm just typing like a madman, <laughs> responding to this stupid post, and I'm like, just blasting. I'm like, this is the dumbest take. So I have my thoughts. If you want, I'll start off. Yeah, you yes. brought it up. I yeah, think uh, it's uh, yeah appropriate for that. The turn of the dark side for Anakin, if you have to point to just one moment, one instance, it is the love and the marriage to Padme that ultimately is what causes him to turn to the dark side. A lot of things could have gone wrong in his life. A lot of uh, unintended consequences from being left you know, as not a master obviously bothered him. The fact that it's Obi-Wan and not Qui-Gon that's actually training him. You know, all those, I would say, are factors. But if there's one, if you're going to take have a take about, it, the correct answer is his ability to not, to, to deal with death, to deal with the finite and the, the idea that you can't control everything that's what causes him to go to the dark side, not Obi-Wan Kenobi, who did the best he could. And in all honesty, hasn't he trained some of the most powerful Jedis in Star Wars with Luke and Anakin? Like, you're talking about two of the top, I don't know, five most powerful Jedis? Yeah. Um, to shadow that, I obviously he was a little bit better. Not that he did a whole lot with Luke, um, but he was a little bit more, tra- you know, prepared to do it. Um, I was on the other token. I don't, I'm not solely blaming Obi Wan, but I think there is a part of there is a part of blame. And obviously, he can- Princey, come on, Jesus, is he milking himself? <laughs> I don't know what I'm just dead. I just joshed one. He's being a goofy goof. Um, but it, when it comes to like the fall of the dark side, is Obi-Wan the sole reason? No, he is not. But I do believe he played a part in it um, in some instances. And, and hear me out. Uh, obviously, the deck was stacked against him, right? You get thrown into this, this you know, it's a promise to your soon to be deceased master that you will train the boy, um, which is something you never cared for him. Um, and he kind of grew up, but I would, I'm not going to say closer in age, but um, you know, it, Obi-Wan didn't have, uh, didn't have the young, young Anakin where he can kind of instill a lot of things in him. I, I forget what the, the typical Jedi age is for a master, like a, an apprenticeship selection, um, it's changed, I think, over the years, but Obi-Wan did it like he had to overcome a lot of stuff with attachment, right? The attachment to his mom and and, and like 
I'm admitting that the deck was stacked against him in a variety of different things. Um, but they talk about the brother aspect a lot and what a Jedi coming into the order at Anakin's age, which was nine years old, didn't necessarily need a brother. He needed a disciplinarium. Um, I, I feel a father figure, a true father figure. Um, and I feel like that's the lacking aspect. And obviously we're talking about something, um, you know, completely fictional, of course, it's just kind of funny when you explain it out loud, but um, I, you know, trying to relay it to real life experiences. I, I've seen a lot of, um, you know, growing up high school, middle school and stuff. I've seen a lot of, uh, I would call it kids raising kids, mm. um, which is a phrase and it led to, uh, and, and maybe undisciplined within children. Um, when, a when, a when an adult in the, you know, in the room isn't trying to be an adult, isn't trying to be a parent. Um, is trying to be the friend. And I feel it, Obi-Wan, you know, would get angry and there'd be combative moments and stuff, but um, it was, it was too much for brotherhood. I mean, you, you kind of seen uh, various traits of it. Anakin would do something and it'd be just like Anakin, you know? Uh, and it was just, it was just very different from the relationship that Obi-Wan had with Qui-Gon. And and that's why. And oh, plus, Obi Wan is a by the book kind of Jedi. Um, Qui Gon was definitely the better master. Opinion for, in my opinion, for Anakin being kind of like, yeah, we f- we follow the Force instead of following, um, you know, what the Jedi Council demands. And that's kind of where Anakin lies um, within all this. But to blame him solely, no, not at all. There was so much stuff. I mean, it was a lot of manipulation by Palpatine, um, Count Dooku, and others. Um, and of course the, the ego stuff, right? Oh, Johnny's making faces. Uh, <laughs> he's getting, he's getting attacked by the cat. Um, but it, it, there was just, it, the odds were against Obi-Wan. Was there more that he could have done to prevent Anakin's fall to the dark side? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Cause he, Obi-Wan played, you've seen a lot in Revenge of the Sith. He played both sides, okay, I'm on the council and you got this assignment and, you know, like I, I understand your play, but this is what the council wants. You know, the whole spying on Palpatine thing. Um, we've seen it in Clone Wars when when Obi-Wan, like, pretended to die. They didn't, they didn't tell him. Like, that the Clone Wars cartoon, up, two, up, two or three episode um, little angle there. And, um, you know, that that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. I, it's just not going to help the matters either. So it's an amalgamation of stuff, you know, but Qui-Gon obviously would have probably been a better, oh, no, undoubtedly a better master um, for it. But I, yeah, I, I, I am just there. The audience knows I have a cat who just wants my attention is going to get one way or the other. So just, everybody knows. Uh, so if I'm distracted, that's why, but I think I heard most of what you both said. Um, I'm of the opinion that while yes, it's true. Obi Wan was—I mean, Obi Wan was sort of, sort of had Anakin forced upon him, right? Due to circumstances and anything like he didn't ask for it or anything like that, he was just forced upon him. That's true. So I get the like, like saying that Anakin wasn't even wanted. I get that, but the the end result though, before Anakin turns, 
is that they really do have a brotherhood or a father, even a father son. Because Anakin even says that he's like a father to me, right? So he even he literally says that. So it's very obvious that Obi Wan, even though yes, when he originally met the kid, he wasn't like you know head over heels excited to have that kid tag along. But that's how a lot of relationships start, guys. <laughs> right? Like yeah. I have plenty of friends as a cat's digging into my skin. I have plenty of friends who uh when we first met, like we didn't it's not that we hated each other, but we're just like, eh, whatever. But then we got closer as the years go, right? Yeah. And I think the same thing happens here. I'm not gonna say Obi-Wan was perfect. Obviously, he screwed up. He wasn't always the best. And there are certain aspects of Anakin. Uh, that could probably be his fault. Kid, kid, give me a second here. I feel like I'm talking to a child here and it's a cat. Uh, but ultimately, when Anakin turns, A, he's an adult. He's older enough to make his own decisions. Uh, B, like Brian said, I it's way more his love of Padme that's used against him, in my opinion, that turns him. Yeah. It's that love that he has there. And uh, that, and I wouldn't, and I'm not at all saying it's Padme's fault. It's not her fault. Uh, it's it's what's used. It's just what's used against Anakin. And I think honestly, the Emperor would have used whatever he had to, because he recognized what Anakin was and how powerful he was to get him on their side. Yeah. And he would have manipulated him any way he could have. So I agree that I don't think it's Obi Wan's fault. But I can see the arguments of, like, he wasn't the perfect, uh, you know, Jedi to be the one training Anakin. But I do think that at the end of the day, it is pretty wild that he does end up being the one who's trained, like, two of the biggest Jedis in the, in Star Wars. Yeah, it is, it is a cool responsibility. Um, there's a lot of memes out there that Obi-Wan was, was kind of a not like a dick but like you like oh he did they they harp on the certain point of view perspective that he dropped on luke yeah he was he was kind of your dad i mean i from another person's point of view he was vader was your dad or you know he was your dad but i just didn't tell you the whole truth um (laughs) amongst other things and they kind of look at it like that and you kind of get it right it's like when you tell when you're telling a child about um, the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus, you got to ease them into it, right? Um, yeah. When you tell that they're totally real, yeah, yeah, yes, you got to ease them into those conversations. Hard conversations have to be eased into. I mean, that's that's just the that's human psyche one oh one. I think yeah, to this um, day, I believe Santa's real and uh, pro wrestling. It's all real to me. Damn it. <laughs> And I still think football is real too. Uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Of course it is. Not really. Um, uh, The whole thing thing, though, I think really does come down to if, if, if what you're trying to accomplish by having that hot take is just to stand out and, you know, say something that's going to get clicks. And I, I guess it worked. But as far as actually having a leg to stand on, I just don't know where the argument is because he didn't really give an argument, right? He, no, he not, didn't. Not not really. He never really had a, a, a any real basis in any sort of instances that would say you can point to this 
for that. Um, he basically just said it was Obi-Wan's fault and didn't actually give, in my opinion, actual reasons why it was Obi-Wan's fault. Yeah, Matt, did, Matt, gave, Matt gave much better <laughs> possibilities. And I'm not knocking that. That might be a great podcast. I've never listened to it. I'm not familiar with it. So maybe it is really good. But I think you're onto something, Brian. And it's not just Star Wars that this happens in. It's anybody wants to, what's a way to get clicks? Say something that people are going to get heated about. Because most of yeah. the time, people are going to, yeah. Most some people are going to respond to something that irritates them or annoys them. I mean, we're, we're devoting a whole, a whole segment to it. <laughs> so. Seriously, it, it, it yeah, it got us. Yeah. We, hey, we've we've all watched Stephen A. Smith. All right, Colin <laughs> yes. Cowherd, yeah. Max Kellerman, Nick Wright. Oh, don't mention Max and Stephen A. in the same sentence. They don't get apparently Stephen A. is not a fan. No, no. Did you see? Have you seen the Twitter feud going on with To? <laughs> yeah. When would T.O. call Max Kellerman blacker than Stephen A. Smith? And Stephen <laughs> yeah. A. Smith is like, Mm-mm, you crossed the line, brother. You crossed the line. Oh, my God. He's got to be on panel discussion next week. You crossed the line, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, um, that's <laughs> that's they did a good job, I, I guess. They they hooked hooked to sin. But yeah. yeah, it's um, yeah, if you're going to say it, just explain it. Um, yeah, if you're going to have a real hot take. At least give some actual reasons for your hot take, please. Yes. yes. And it definitely did seem like um, the other side of it, like the other people on the podcast were just like letting him kind of spill it and listen. And that's about it. Yeah. So, yeah. It wasn't even a discussion, really. So, yeah, I thought that was fun. Um, here's my hot take. Uh, this Ahsoka show is really freaking good. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I can't believe you said that, Brian. Oh, brother, that, is okay. so, that is yeah, so controversial. I can't believe you said that. Uh, my hot take is I agree with what Brian just said. <laughs> my hot take is this is this might be the best Star Wars live action show we've got. Ooh. Maybe. Now, Ooh. Maybe. this is something I, maybe. I wanted to bring up, and I, I want to say it before we get any further. Do you guys think you have right now at the top of your head five moments of this new live action Star Wars content we're getting. Do you have your top five most impactful, most important, or favorite moments? Oh man, I wish you. I wish I'd had time for this. Next episode. Yeah, I could I mean, probably I, whip I'm, off. I'm a already couple. thinking of some, but I wouldn't be able to put them in an order or anything like that. Right. Yeah, let's I, do, save it, and then we'll do it for the conclusion um, yeah. of this because obviously this is setting up for the movie, Heir to the Empire. So I think it'd be kind of cool to kind of recap the live action stuff at the end of it. But that is a good question to think about because yeah. honestly, I've been wanting to do another, like for eat sleep list. I've been wanting to do a star Wars list of like top 10 favorite star Wars moments. And a couple from the live action stuff has, has been on my mind lately. Yeah. Um, some really, some really cool things. So we're getting a lot of good ones out of this, this show. Uh, very, very impressed overall with, with Ahsoka. I, like the first we talked last month, and that was after the first two episodes. And, you know, there was a lot of aspects that we liked. Um, you know, it was a slower paced kind of build up to everything. We hated Sabine kind of. Um, at least I, I Sabine annoyed me. I'm not going to say um, hated, but uh, I can't believe that just the character turnaround and the depth of the story and, and they're, how they're just hitting everything. Like, I feel like every every aspect of star Wars fandom has been hit in Ahsoka. Um, you know, if you love the original trilogy, 
you're getting a lot from this show. Um, if you like the the old expanded universe, all right, which is mostly like legends, um, or you could you know consider the current stuff too. It's canon. You love this show. If you like the Clone Wars era, you love this show. I, I would imagine so. There's something to be taken from it at least. Um, this is, I mean, it's a really good job. I thought Obi Wan did a good job of kind of binding together the two eras really well. But I think Ahsoka's done it in a great way, too, um, that's been very entertaining and has me hooked to come back each and every week. Yeah, these last two episodes especially have really knocked it out of the park, in my opinion. Uh, they've they've both really have got me excited to see what's going to happen next episode, right? Did such a good job. And I'm coming at this from a guy who didn't finish The Clone Wars. I saw the first two seasons. I really liked it. I just hadn't had time to go back and, and finish it. So a lot of this stuff, like I never even really got to see, you know, Throne, for example. I'm right. just aware of him. I know who he is uh, and stuff like that, but I am i don't have a real deep knowledge of him. And just, for example, his appearance here in this last episode was, again, I think I said it last time on this show, the villains in Ahsoka, all of them are incredibly good and incredibly uh, creepy and scary and and man, you don't know where they're going to go uh, with these villains. I wouldn't want to mess with any of these people, right? They have a certain mystique about them, yes. which I like. I, yes, which I, it, it, they carry themselves well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So every villain to me in in this show has been amazing, and that to me is one of Star Wars' strengths. It's always been they have really good villains, and they might not always do awesome stuff with them. They may. <laughs> They may cut them in half in the first movie, for example, but they make some pretty amazing villains that you want to see what they can do type of stuff. Yeah. And it continues here. Uh, I, I mean, I knew nothing about the, the, the sky whales, right? That was all new to me, but I was still in it. Right. I still loved it. Uh, I, man, I, this is why I was curious what you guys thought. Cause I know you guys are big into the clone wars. Uh, how, uh, how, is is this? It sounds like Matt says it is. Brian, what do you think? Is this doing a really good job of taking that lore and really doing something meaningful with it? Because to me, as a novice, it's I'm hooked on it. I think it's great. I mean, as we stand right now, for what they've already accomplished in the first six episodes, I think because it's Dave Filoni at the helm, that this is really in a lot of ways, just another season of Rebels. And it's, he always had a plan and you can tell it's right. The, the, such a stark contrast between the way that these episodes have their own momentum to them. And compared to what uh, the movies were, the, the sequels of just, just haphazard and the momentum just didn't carry over from the, the movie in it. It wasn't as compelling as it should have been. Whereas this is, you know, he's he's got this like dialed in so much that I remember some people complaining. It wasn't us, but those first two episodes. This is slow. Is this gonna be like? Is this gonna be like? Um, you know, Andor. Uh, Andor again, or even people complain a little bit about Obi Wan. This is slow, and it's like, oh yeah, the the lack of understanding of how much these characters matter to Dave Filoni sometimes does a disservice to people. I think so. If you can get 
behind that this guy cares about these characters just as much as he cares about delivering a good storyline means that you're going to get even better storylines you can probably even hope for because it matters to him the way he handles Ahsoka more than it does other people. It, yeah. Ahsoka is his character. Ahsoka is a character that he and George came up together and early on people attacked it for wokeness or just catering to the girls and it, this is just you're creating a female character just for girls and it's all about marketing and it's like no dude it's you're missing the point entirely ahsoka is the redemption of anakin and we're finally getting to see it yes we saw anakin's redemption if you ended just return of the jedi but carried on beyond return of the jedi look at the way that he she carries his legacy as as tough as it is for her sometimes because she's so tempted to to give up on everything and lose hope and and not want to fight and that's so much of what episode five was about it's just you are the one we need you are the one that needs to stand up and fight so i think johnny is as convoluted as this answer is i think that uh it really is coming to flourishing in a way that I could only have dreamed of. And the fact that we still have two episodes left at the time of recording with only just a taste of one of my favorite characters in Thrawn showing up. Yeah. It didn't look great to me, but I'm accepting it because whatever is live action. Um, it's 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 pretty spot on, and uh, I will admit Sabine Wren is probably my least favorite character. <laughs> I'm good. She's <laughs> she's not. It's not getting better. It really hasn't. She's still she's annoying. Um, but man, that the appearance, the the final appearance of um Ezra was was it was, it was such a long like. I don't know, boring way of getting to meet him, but it didn't matter. Like once, once you heard his voice, it's like, God damn, does that dude sound just like Ezra? Yeah. Does he, he just, he looks like a grown up Ezra. It's the craziest thing as much yeah. as Thrawn doesn't look like I want him to look. Cause Thrawn should be a lot skinnier in the face and more of a flat top haircut and way more stoic. He, this guy's kind of doughy looking. I don't know. I yeah I I'm not trying to fat shame Mickelson um <laughs> but it, I like I understand <laughs> Doey like, um Thrawn could, whoop, he, Thrawn could whoop some ass back in the he day he could he could but um this, we have to remember this is this is older this eight, is an older eight Thrawn years, eight years post uh Rebels eight from years post Rebels from when Sabine's and Lothal in the uh, communication right. yeah so they've right. been. So him and Ezra have been on that planet for eight years, right? At least, yeah. yeah. Give or take, give or take, yeah. Because give or take a couple of years. The the last thing that they use as the this is the last season of um Rebels is Sabine it's after Return of the Jedi. And Sabine standing on that tower, which you see in the first two episodes of Ahsoka, and she's just recapping what happened. Yeah. Ezra's gone. So uh, so and so's when here so you know they, they like to do that. So that was post Jedi. That was post Return of the Jedi. Um, so this is even eight years past Return of the Jedi. Technically, if that's the way if it helps you. 
So it's yeah. even yeah, it's even longer than that. So it's understandable. That's why, like, yeah, they, I mean, it was wild well, I mean, I'll, to see. I'll Ezra. just tell you, as the guy who had no, besides what you guys have told me, anything known anything about about Thrawn, I thought he looked pretty menacing to me, mm. and uh, obviously the the actor portraying him is really good. Really? Yeah. That's the one they've done great with this show casting. They really cast this show very well. I thought. I think. Yes. Yeah. A lot of the original, um, you know, these these characters. I thought they a lot of them kind of carried over, um, you know, their cartoon personas. But is the um, I was going to ask this because I, I again I've only seen a little bit of Rebels. Is the I forget the name of Thrones like number one soldier uh, stormtrooper. He's got like the golden like face. Yeah, I don't remember the, him. They're calling him Enoch. He's not in it. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, he's a newer have, character. I have an idea about them, if that's what we want to get into real quick. I do um, want to hear you guys' theories where the last two episodes are going to go. Well, those those stormtroopers are not stormtroopers. They are the undead created by the witches. The witches. Yeah, the night yeah, sister. He like, just ha- he just happens to have a really stupid looking gold face that I want to punch. <laughs> it's a really punchable face. It, it might hurt, but it no, might I, hurt, but I, I didn't. It. I didn't think about the undead thing, which is like creepy but crazy. And actually, now that you mention it, I didn't even it legit didn't cross my mind. Now that you mention it, I could see that being a a possibility because their armor was very dirty. Um, you know, it was very dis. You know, it, they. You know, it, it was. Just, it was just kind of gross looking, and it, it. It. It was weird, um, for Thrawn, who's this elegant, you know, clean white suit kind of guy, to be surrounded by dirty, unkempt uh, stormtroopers. So, that's a cool. That's a cool theory. Um, as far as what's going to happen, I don't think there's going to be a big blow off with Thrawn. Um, in any of the characters, there's going to be some crossover interaction, maybe with Ahsoka, with Ezra, with maybe with a little bit more with Sabine. Um, but this, like, there, it's painful, not like painfully obvious, but they're heir to the Empire is is the goal, and this is going to bridge together all of the um, live action stuff that we've gotten so far, aside from Obi Wan. Uh, maybe there'll be some themes from there, but um, you know, Mando possibly Boba Fett, um, you know, I may, I'm doubtful of any Andor stuff, but a lot of those, and I'm really hoping for a, a Luke Skywalker um, appearance somehow, some way in this. It's, it's, it's a big blow off. And this is, I mean, this is actually really important. This is going to help, um, you know, make the sequel trilogy make more sense for a lot of people because a lot of people don't dive into the, the lore and that's fine. That's, you know, it, we, we understand that, consuming entertainment now is is it feels like a job sometimes to keep up here you yes. think you know you know a lot and then it's like no there's this happened in this specific comic book that came out eight years ago and it's like it's 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 a very it's challenging so this people who are watching this are going to understand the first order the all this is is setting up for the first order um to kind of retake you know retake the galaxy or, or fight with the new republic um, we're starting to see the cracks, you know, in all of it, which is, you know, which is cool. I'm like, okay, now, now, like you can probably rewatch episode seven with a different perspective, right? A little bit different of a perspective. 
at least at the conclusion of this series in, in this Heir to the Empire movie, which it hasn't been named that, but that's pretty, basically what they're going for. Um, that's roughly 30 years post Return of the Jedi, by the way, Episode 7. Yeah, um, so there is time for stuff to happen, um, no doubt about it. I'm not sure exactly how they're going to do it, but this is supposed to be the kind of the, the, the first steps, yeah. um, I guess, and to kind of bring it back. I did... And obviously, you know, we, we got to move on, eventually move on to the battlefront topic, but I did want to count. Do we even want to? <laughs> I mean, yes, I, I'm having fun. I'm having fun discussing this Ahsoka show. Um, the redemption of Hayden Christensen is something I wanted to bring up. And I, Brian, That's you brought it up too. That's, That's the, the biggest thing of it. That fifth episode um, was... I I've rewatched it twice. I intend to rewatch it at least once or twice more. Um, see, like, I didn't know how that was going to work. They, they, you know, they mentioned that Hayden was going to be in it. They didn't say how I was happy that he delivered the way that he did. Um, and I was very happy that fans took to it the way they did. He brought up a good point. A lot of people that, when those movies came out, we didn't have Facebook. We didn't have Twitter. Uh, we didn't have a lot of things. So Hayden's perspective on fan reception was a bunch of shitty movie critics who don't share the same views as a lot of people our age. Um, I've always been a Hayden Christensen apologist proudly. I would wear that shirt if there was one. Um, but he was, you know, he, he was great. He was in the mail. He was great, and he he. It was like watching Ahmed Best redeem himself and Mando a little bit with his, uh, or was it Mando or Boba Fett, with um, his Jedi, you know, Mando. kind of appearance. But Hayden crushed it. The visualizations were awesome with the flashing between him and Darth Vader. Um, the Clone Wars flashback was cool. That was my probably my favorite piece of live action Star Wars um, TV. Um, as far as shows go that that we've got, yeah, I've uh, portrays that Ahsoka. By the way, excellent job as well. Yes, she, yes, um, she's a great actor in the first place. Young, she's always good. Young, she's uh, in. what's her face from Avengers? That's Young Gamora. Young Gamora, and she was also we just seen the Barbie movie. Um, and she was the daughter of uh, oh, what the hell's her name? Well, now I don't like her. Barbie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aren't they all named Bart? I haven't seen it, but I thought they all were named Bart. No, no, no. There's like a main character in the real world. I forget the actress's oh. name. It's like America Ferrera or something like that. But she plays her daughter in it, and she was really good. So, yeah, um, yeah. I've always, I've never ever blamed Hayden Christensen for those for the parts I didn't like in those prequels. I never ever thought it was his fault. I do agree, and I really like that. I think Brian, weren't you want to share that article? I think about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was really good. It was all about what Matt's saying here. It's, it's sort of, in a way, not only is Ahsoka, you know, Anakin's redemption, but it's also uh, Hayden's redemption. Yeah, this show, uh, because he was a standout to me. That, and again, you guys way have a way deeper connection with Clone Wars than I do, but I got goosebumps when I heard him say, "Hey, Snips." Yeah, man. right. Just him saying that—that that was such a freaking great moment. Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm in. I'm on board for all this." Yeah, yeah. Episode four, when that ended like that, I was like, "Give me the Tuesday. Give, give me the next week. 
Yeah. 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 It was, um, it was, it was really cool. Brian, what, what were your thoughts about it, bud? I, I mean, my favorite thing about it was he was tasked with the most challenging emotions, uh, portrayal of Anakin yet, which was when he was, so he kicks Ahsoka back through it's a world between worlds. He kicks her back in to the world between worlds. And then he comes marching at her with the the red lightsaber, right? Oh, and so he's got cool. the Sith eyes. And then they go they go to fight. But at, at just a twist of a head, he's just back to the light side. And the emotion that he's able to portray there, and the example that we're kind of getting to see now, which is Anakin is now full Anakin, which is he has that balance. He is both dark side and light side in a lot of ways. If you watch Clone Wars, the episodes where Obi-Wan and Anakin meet the father, sister, and brother of the Force, in a lot of ways, he represents the father now. Yeah. Where the father in that episode, the father, spoilers, passes away. And now, in a way, you can kind of look at Anakin and, like, he is the father. He's the one that, that is keeping the balance between dark side and light side. And he knows how to push someone and he knows why someone needs to see the dark side. There's a reason why he was allowing Ahsoka to see him as this because she never did, right? She never saw Anakin transition over to the dark side and nope. then only saw him as Vader when he was already gone. So she that was her awakening moment to the fact that you know the man that she knew and was was that loved and and was trained by is still there and he he shows like the force is not good or bad it it is both and it has to be both and it exists as both and you need to be the one that is able to walk that line and the fact that the next scene you get from her when she gets rescued, she's got like this white robe on now where before she was gray. I was like, <laughs> like Lord of the Rings stole a little bit there from my man Gandalf. Totally fine. I love it because, you know, anytime you want to borrow from one of the greats, you totally should do it. Um, and I was like, all right, this is, this is it. And I always thought that with her uh, u- using white lightsabers now, you know, people always said, well, she's not a Jedi. I'm like, it's more than that. Because the white lightsabers represent that you had taken red lightsabers and you would change them back. So right. a red lightsaber is blood. You know, you it's not that you unbleed it, but you 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 heal it. You bring it back to the light as well. So I always thought that this was a, an inevitable kind of conclusion in a way to her storyline of what she means to want to keep calling it the rebellion or whatever, but the continued peace of the galaxy, Ahsoka's dead center. And we love Luke and we want Luke back. And I hope that's part of this storyline. And I want Han and I want Leia and I want Chewie. I want all those people because if you read the legends, which I just finished that book, by the way, I finished the, the original trilogy, which is excellent. Um, they need to play a part but if they want to ignore him a little bit that's all right dude because ahsoka's got this and yeah you no know, rosario dawson is killing it and i think 
Johnny's brought up a huge point of just like these antagonists are so good that I I just want more. Um, I want it, more. They're so good that I'm even more bummed than I was before that Ray Stevenson passed yeah. away. Yes. That yes. really, cause I won't get as that Balin is for me, the most intriguing character from the standpoint of, I don't really know what he's thinking. Like he seems like he's not a Jedi, but he's not really Sith. He's right there. He's kind of in that middle, right? And he's because he sees the the faults of the Jedi, but he's also not. He doesn't seem totally to me. He doesn't seem totally on board with Throne either, even no. though he's going along with it, right? To, it, it's almost like it, he's a means to an end in a yeah. way. They're uh, using each other, which is a unique kind of yeah. uh, balance right now. Yeah, yeah, and I, then I, you know, and then his protege, she's also fascinating. Like, I just want I want to know so much about these two characters. And that's the, like that's one thing when I was watching that last episode last night, I was like, man, it really. I mean, it's obviously it already sucked anyway, but it just really sucks that he passed away because that character is just so intriguing, and I want to know so much more about that. It character. is. I like. Ron I'm. What's that? Ron knew him. Right. He knew of him. Yeah. Yes. He right away was his his general and was like, oh crap, Thrawn knows about him. Yeah. Like, know about Ahsoka. Which is interesting, but yeah, he's he, going to learn. Unfortunately, that's a bad thing for Ahsoka. Yes, I did catch that. There was some interesting stuff there. Like, I'm excited for some Thrawn reveals about knowing Vader and all that shit. Like, you know, that's going to come out. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. you know, it's going to come out. But yeah, Balin Skull is is interesting. I'm excited because now that he's been featured and now it's been acknowledged that he was a part of the Jedi Order, we're probably going to get some at least reading material, um, retroactively acknowledging him. Um, that's a good point. Uh, because I remember that Star Wars Brotherhood book that we read, right? Um, you and I read. I believe there was a Cal Kestis reference in there, um, from Jedi Fallen Order, and I think there might have been a Canon Jarrus um reference as well. Um, there was definitely a Cal Kestis one, but it's just it just even in passing, it's like okay, cool, they're acknowledging all of this. You, this you know is- what I would, you know what I would love to see. You know how much we all really liked when they went back and told some of the background for Dooku in the animated series. Yes. I would love for them to do that with this character too. I agree. I agree. Yeah, There's I a know, lot there. I want to know who his master is. Yeah. I want to know all this I, stuff. I want to know where he was in order 66 when that yep. all came down. Yeah. 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 This is, it's amazing. This character is so new to us, but it's done such a good job of, just hooking our attention and that's good. That's good writing. That's good screenplay. Yeah. And that's good. That's good. That's good uh, art in my opinion. So agreed. What do you think of Thrawn's cadence? It's, it's on point. I think it's on yeah. point for what I've expected. I, I haven't been disappointed yet. The, the voices, I mean, the voice is his, it's immaculate. Right. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I've, I've enjoyed the whole, uh, the whole approach to it. Live action. I was like, more, I, I, more I didn't know if I was ready for it. I know, right? More I don't know if I was ready for book it. sounding uh, because I listen to the audiobooks. It's his cadence is similar to the books, which is unique more than Rebels. Yeah, Rebels. It seems like he emphasized and drew, drew out stuff more. And, and I wonder it, if it's the presentation style of 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 cartoon versus reading. I don't know. Well, if it's... I also, that too. But I also I want it to be a choice where Thrawn has been frustrated you know what i mean think about this 
he's such a calculated character. He 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 takes a long time. He plans. He he processes. He, you know what I mean. He's not a quick reactor. He's he likes to be methodical and everything like that. He's been stuck on this planet in another dimension mm. for eight years. Somehow not being able to find Ezra, which I'm we have to acknowledge that because that's actually kind of dumb. I wish they found a better way. I I, I got a feeling that like he Sabine just, Sabine just found him. I was like, that's I, I kind of think that he had an idea of where he was. He kept tabs or something, maybe. Yeah, but, I think yeah. he I think he had an idea. In my that's just the the yeah. vibe I got from it because it was very obvious he because he knew Sabine was going to find him. He didn't act like she couldn't, yeah. and uh, you know, so I that's just the feeling I got. He always kind of knew that Ezra was with those, what are those uh, rock turtles called? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, n- n- it was Nibby something, something. I can't remember what the hell it was. Titles on. Huh? It, yeah. I have the subtitles on. I can't it, remember. It does what it help called. with that because I know that the, the wolf things are called howlers. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I just thought that's to me, that's the vibe. That came off. That's I guess that's why I didn't question it. Is I'll call them like Star Wars Ninja Turtles. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they were there. You go. I like the sound of that. Um, my goodness, right? Like yeah. we're we're gonna come back in a month, and who who knows what we're gonna be talking about? Yeah, yeah I I don't know how it's gonna end. You know, we we have an idea, but we don't know. I There's think I think we're all so in agreement. Cool I think we're all in agreement though, that it'll be some sort of cliffhanger, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we're very excited for that. All right, Brian, um, it is time for the main event. We are talking Star Wars Battlefront today. Um, why did you make the selection? And um, I guess we can go around afterwards and uh, discuss our first time playing this video game franchise. Star Wars Battlefront stood out to me as a easy topic to discuss as far as a media of Star Wars because it has tied me to so many friends and it has always been something that tied two of my favorite loves kind of together. So Star Wars, obviously I love it. Wouldn't do a podcast if I didn't. Uh, But I always loved first person shooters. And so when this game came out, I just remember crushing it uh, for hours. And me and Matt, anytime that I'm at the studio, it seems that for a video game, we seem to find at least a few minutes to hop on and play some OG Battlefront. Yeah. Uh, Every time I come over, we're we're always playing the newer Battlefront. Yeah. And like my um, one of my best buds, Josh, uh, it's one of the things that me and him have just, you know, bonded over and just created a lot of great memories. I mean, Sure, all of them blend together, but it's just like the the love that this game brought was so unexpected when I first bought it. Was just because I don't know, Star Wars to me was always Jedi's, and there's nothing about that first one that's anything to do with Jedi's. I mean, marching around with the with the stormtroopers or the clone troopers uh, was always my thing. I was never ever. The robots uh never could never be those can't be droids ever um and it, I, I had to talk about it because we already talked about some video games and i was like you know there's a there's a certain one 
that I hold above all others, it happens to be this game, the first one. And this franchise overall, I think, holds up really well. It, it's maybe only been surpassed a little bit by Fallen Order. Um, it's just a different kind of game. Yeah, I was going to say, they're t- two different genres, but I, I get it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I was like, Matt and I have crushed this game together before. Uh, it's so addictive, and um, it easily became one of my favorite first-person shooters ever. Yeah, it's a great one. Uh, Johnny, what about you, bud? Yeah, I too have always liked FPS games, and this series to me has done the best job of making you feel like you're in the middle of the Star Wars universe, in my opinion. Like, you really feel like you're a part of all the things happening. From I re- I still remember the first time I was able to get behind and, you know, an at at Walker and how cool I felt in that thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I I still remember fighting on Hoth. How cool was that that I got to fight on Hoth, right? Just the way that it was able to send you and make you feel like you were a part of these, this lore that you've loved, right? It was just so incredible to me. And I know that last one that came out like a couple of years ago, it sort of got bashed because that's way more what EA was doing than Star Wars with the whole loot crate stuff which i have a, that's a whole another episode in my opinion but oh god uh yeah. that one that one to me they fixed and patched it where it's really good now so uh but i have such very fond memories of that first one especially because i was hyped for it to come out and uh it was one of the and i was really happy because i found out that the people who had made uh battlefield had made those and me and my buddy derek and trevor we played the crap out of those Battlefield games because they were really good FPS uh, shooters that you could play online with your buddies. It did a good. It's probably one of the first ones, and Halo were probably the first ones like that that we had played like that. And then this one came, and all of a sudden, there was, it was just like a a whole a whole new uh, thing was opened up to me. Like, like oh, I really feel like a stormtrooper. So maybe I can shoot a little better than they can. You know? <laughs> Pretty sure I can hit that broadside of that barn. But yeah, it was man. They did such a great job with it, and I do hope that they continue to make more of those because it's just so much fun. I mean, even the new one. How cool was it when you can like uh, do so well that you can like spawn in as Darth Maul? You know, that was awesome. Just go, just start <laughs> slicing and dicing people left and right. That was also very cool. So, and you can unlock stuff too, which is really yeah. cool for the newer ones, like costumes and like. There's a bit of a challenge aspect to that, which is always nice. Yeah. Um. So my first experience with Battlefront, it was probably I think the first one came out in what oh four, somewhere around there. I was just looking at that. I want to say yes, two thousand four. It might have been a couple years after it came out. Um, maybe a year or so that it came out. I was over at my cousin Nico's house, and he was the um. He was. He he had the game. He had the game, and it was always nice to uh, uh, to go over and because he had a lot of cool different games. And my parents put like a time limit on the amount of like how long I could play video games for. So anytime I can get out of the house and get extra video game playing time, chef's kiss. Um, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So you used to go over there. I was just blown away by this game. I'm like, wow, we can like pick different places to go and like we could pick all the movie spots and, and there's a bunch of original ones and there's space battles 
Right. Was that did they do the space battles in the first in the first one? Nope. They didn't. So it must have been the second one. But they, regardless like a campaign, maybe you're saying? No, you could do like you could do space battles, but I guess you could technically do them. Like you can hop in a top fighter, she's uh, top fighter, um, a, a tie fighter in the middle of like the battle of Kashyyyk and just go on a tear and battle like above the different world. And that was like, that was really, really cool and mind blowing at the time. Um, Cause it wasn't, it, it wasn't a very common um, game mechanic. I, I don't think um, maybe like a, a medal of honor or a early cod or um one of those where you can hop in like a plane or, or a tank or something, but uh, to be able to do that was great. So I remember asking my parents for it. Um, I ended up getting it and I played the crap out of the game and it was neat because you could do the instant action mode and it was relatively cu- customizable, right? You can increase the amount of, um, you know, pe- uh, you know, the, the, the scores or whatever you can have like a hundred up to like 180 um, on each, t- on each team. You can do the multiplayer, uh, which I, 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 I don't know if it went up past two. It might have been up to four, um, you know. But there was that you could. Um, there was just it, it was just very very customizable. Um, the first person in and out, uh, and it was just it was just overwhelming. And he had the galactic conquest mode, and, which was a bit like a bit of a story mode. Like the first one is really really good, and I I liked it that there were no Jedi heroes like you can get them and they can assist you but you couldn't play as them um i thought it stood out really nicely because other games in the past i didn't didn't really gravitate um towards those ones like i like i hear a lot about the, some of those xbox ones like knights of the old republic which start off kind of you know uh with the gun or um what was the what was the one in the mid 90s it was like dark forces it was like a doom ripoff and I just I didn't I didn't vibe with those, and this one was was really that good. But um, when Battlefront Two came out, I was all about it, and I think that that is probably the superior one overall. This is a total gameplay thing because you can mix it up. You can play as the Gungans in certain modes. You can play as the 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 Wampas, um, Tuscan Raiders, Ewoks, uh, amongst other things. But it, it's. It really gave. It, that was the first Star Wars game that gave me the total Star Wars experience. Um, that was the way that Star Wars was meant to be portrayed in a video game, instead of um, a linear, you know, a, a linear. Okay, you're just a Jedi. Okay, you're just a you're just a bounty hunter. Okay, you're just this. You're just that. No, this had everything. Anything you wanted to be in Star Wars, this had that option. Um, yeah, and, oddly enough the first battlefront is sort of in the video game news now again because the studio that made it was called uh pandemic yes studios yes. uh they would go on to be closed i don't remember the man's name but he was like the head of ea at that point and uh, a lot and he got blamed for a lot of things because he was all about making money it's all about money first and so people hated him well uh, skip to today in today's land he's one of the heads of this group called unity and they basically are the makers of a game engine and for those who don't know a game engine is what a lot of your people who make games will look at that and they can build and make a game using that game engine basically and he's kind of the head of that and they started they wanted to start a new 
uh, thing where they would just basically start charging these small studios that are making these ind- independent games that make nothing like these big studios do, like a ridiculous fee for using their product when they'd never done that before. And then kind of found out that this guy is behind all that too. <laughs> yeah. He's but, Palpatine. Yeah. He's Palpatine in the he video Pal- world. <laughs> he He's totally Palpatine. <laughs> Absolute power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't think of his name, but yeah, he's a he is the Palpatine in the video game world for sure. I mean, this game fell in a in a time where Star Wars was back in the news, like like popular again. the The stores are full of toys. Um, you know, people people were dying to consume more and more Star Wars content again, and they really capitalized on that. And I think that's one. It's a great game, like it, it holds up still. Two, it's capitalizing in the right time, and then three, I think. It, it brought a unique idea that Star Wars fans, like I was saying, like we didn't know we wanted until it was right there in front of us. I was always inter- more interest- interested in the guy holding the lightsaber than I ever was the guy holding the gun. And once I had the opportunity to just run around with an army full of clones or whatnot, I was like, this is incredibly fun. Yeah. Um and, yeah, and I, I wanted I wanted to look real quick. I wanted to look real quick the year of 2004 for video games. Uh, the the fact that this game stood out for me when in that same year Grand Theft Auto uh, San Andreas came out. Oh, there's a lot of good games this year. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 came out. That's another great game. Burnout 3, which is an awesome game. Um Me- uh, Metroid Pro- uh, Zero Mission is a great game. Uh Doom 3 came out. Uh Def Jam, Jam Fight for New York, which is an underrated gem of a fighting game. And I don't even care about rappers, and that game's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so there's just all kinds of great, I mean, Fable. Good God, Fable came out this year. So the fact that it, st- it stood out amongst all those incredible games tells you just how fun it is. Yeah, it is a, it is a great legacy, too. I mean, um, you think about the newer ones, right? The, the newer first star wars battlefront and then all the flack that this newer second one got um people were like you're you're taking like this love that we have for these original games and just milking out every single dollar you can get like it's bull it's a bullshit business approach it's business it is what it is they held the rights either buy it or you don't but um but it was a huge disservice to them it just had people going back and rebuying and replaying the older ones i know i did for a little while yeah. until until Battlefront 2 cleaned itself up. The newer Battlefront 2 like got as good as it did. I was like, fuck this. I'm going to go play the originals and have way more fun with it because there, there was way more to it. Yeah, um, there's one thing to, and if, if the game is free, to, to have a mechanic like that where you got to pay money to get other characters. Yeah, like stuff. a Fortnite or something. Yeah, but, that's what yeah. I'm saying. It works in Fortnite because you're not paying for the game. Right. Right. The game itself is free. But uh, if you're going to pay full price for a video game, because I got it when it came out, and it was full price game, then it was sixty bucks. And on top of that, you're going to ask me to pay more just so I can uh, play as Yoda running around. That's, yeah, that's, that's really dumb. <laughs> that's why I, I absolutely, I, I actually bought the first one and the first new Battlefront, 
and there was only like three hero characters per side and you had to pay for additional levels. You had to pay for this. I'm like, dude, this ain't, this isn't a good look for the future of video games. And like stuff like that is why EA earned such a horrible reputation. Yeah. Um, over the, I, they when I went, <laughs> oh, they 100% deserved it. I was like, watch this. Like, if this trend keeps going, you're gonna have to pay to play as like your favorite teams in Madden. Like, yeah. you have to pay to unlock players, like they do with oh, they do it with the, the Madden Mobile and stuff. But like, it's so shitty. It shows you they the, and, and and people wouldn't have fought for it to be better if if these games the if these OG ones didn't didn't stand out the way. That yeah, they, they didn't did. mean so much. Yeah, and, uh, I just want to bring this up real quick. Uh, I'm a for I love Fortnite. I'm one of the, I'm a 40 year old kid who plays Fortnite. Still, I have a great time with it. But it's really fun that in the Fortnite I can run around as Darth Vader, right? That's very cool because I have Darth Vader. Yeah. But also, I think in a week or so they're going to be doing a, a special where you can get Ahsoka to mm. run around with, and I'm very excited for that. <laughs> they do a cool job of keeping that fresh. I I've attempted it once. I hated it. There's a bunch of kids talking. I'm like, I got to get out of this. That's but... why you play the no build mode like I do, so you don't have to worry about all that. <laughs> you don't have to even yeah. do any of the building either because I'm uh, too slow for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not about that life. Um, yeah, it's it is great. It's a good bonding thing too. That's why, like, I love putting that game, that Battlefront two out for video game nights because. There's usually a decent amount of people who want to do it, but you always just just bond over it. Somebody will see it and get really excited. Um, and play, yeah, I, I think the PS2 is like one of the best consoles of all time, and that's that's one of, it's one of the best games for it. Um, quite frankly, quite frankly, um, I think the best part about that game is the heroes only heroes and villains only. Yes, uh, hero assault or yeah. oh my god, or nonsense. So just just force choking Yoda to death was just I don't know fun. That's the word I'm gonna say. Was there fun. was fun. It was. <laughs> My brother has it on his Xbox One. Yeah, but it has more characters on it than the PS2 version did. It had like apparently the well back in the day I completely forgot about this. Um. Back in, used to if you pre-order, you get the pre-order exclusives, and then if you didn't get it, you you never seen it again. Like that was it. Xbox had them, and and, and PS2 had it. I played Battlefront Two on my brother's Xbox OG Battlefront Two, and I was very impressed with the amount of additional characters. Like, both like they had Django Fett, which I don't think those games had because uh, he was basically a clone of of Boba. They had a couple other Jedi. On the light on the light side, like it was, it was, it was really, really well done. It they was would do they would do stuff like that. Um, the Soul Caliber games, which has nothing to do with Star Wars, at, at one point I can't remember which Soul Caliber was coming out. Now, if you you got a certain Star Wars character, <laughs> it was two. It was two. It was what was the, it two? Yeah, it was the was it the Xbox or PlayStation version of it? They both Xbox had Yoda. And PlayStation had Vader, if I'm thinking correctly. And GameCube had Link. I think that's what it yes. was. Yeah. Um, Who's not yeah. Star Wars, but it would be cool if we saw Link in Star Wars. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. Run around as a Falcon. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, so what What are your guys' hopes? I mean, I guess we can kind of wrap it up with this. What are your guys' hopes for the future of Star Wars Battlefront um, as far as games and such go? I think it would be probably a good way to close this episode up. Yeah, I'll go first. I think Brian should go last. This is his topic. 
I uh, I love this series so much that I think it would be a major disservice if they don't at least try to do it again, but maybe having learned their lesson from the last one, right? Uh, if they can learn their lesson from the last one and bring it up and just think of all the Star Wars content we've had since then that they can kind of draw upon and add to a new Battlefront game, right? Yeah. All the fun we can have there. So uh, I hope they do another one. And uh, if they don't, I think it'd just be really sad. Uh, or, or at the very least, maybe they can take the idea of it and maybe evolve it into another game or something. I agree. Um, I want to see like the Super Smash Brothers ultimate of Star Wars Battlefront. I want more hero characters. I think that's one big thing that I want in like a future release. Like I want to see, I want Ahsoka to be a hero twice. I want Mace Windu again. I want all these Jedi, all these Sith, the the Grand Inquisitor. Um, you know some of the some of the the various Inquisitors we've seen over the years. Um, I want to see those. I want to see Thrawn. I want to see those characters become hero characters. I, I think that would be really neat to have the options to do it. Um, as far as like the the various worlds and stuff, I, I'm I'm like I'm okay with the, the the levels that they've had over the years. I think there's some good ones. You can always add more, um, but it makes mostly more variety, more hero characters, and I think more like various armies. I think would be cool too. Instead of just the two main ones per generation, let's get a you know let's get a uh, you know a, a Gungan army. Like what, what's it gonna hurt? What's it gonna hurt doing a Gungan army or 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 a Tuscan Raider um unit, right? I think that would be all just really cool stuff to help expand it. Just just don't limit it so much. Let it let it just grow and be just be big. I think that would be a really, really good way um to tie the the various Star Wars generations together. Or even, you know what? Let the clone troopers go up. Like let them mix and match. Let the clone troopers go up against the stormtroopers or the first order and just kind of yeah. just just open just make it more creative than you already have. I think that'd be a good way for, to look for the future. Yeah, less cookie cutter. Um, st- get away from doing the, you know, uh, capture the flag or like you have to secure certain zone, like beacons. You have to go and like control the beacon until it turns your team's color or whatever. Get away from that and and maybe bring in like actual missions from the shows. Yeah, you know, bring in actual Clone Wars episodes where you have to go and execute. The other thing that I um, would like to see more is once again, that might make biggest thing is less cookie cutter of just, I, I don't need 10 different sets, but they all can force choke uh, and shoot lightning and then throw their light. Like how about like having like second sight, like certain, yeah ones can see through walls and they can see where a certain person is and unique attributes yeah right unique attributes and yeah i do love the idea that you can mix and match different eras and have them fight in completely different worlds they could easily do all this that we want and add in your uh smash bros idea like that could easily be a bonus off to the side yeah Hopefully, like a Smash Brothers level of nonsense. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just want it all. All you Smash Bros fans, <laughs> I want you to know right now, 
what you're so good at is just a bunch of nonsense. It's <laughs> I don't like the way the Smash Brothers is now. Uh, Matt gave me his Switch to borrow, so I've been playing it, and I don't enjoy all the cutscenes. I don't enjoy all the extra graphics. I don't like all the extra big <laughs> boom. It's too chaotic. I don't You're enjoy. Such an old I'm, old. I'm old. Yes, That's I am too. Stupid. I know what you mean. I'm just complaining about building in Fortnite. Yeah. Sorry, I think your game is stupid. It's not as fun as it used to be. It was better back in the day. Not all games. Not all games. like like a Mario Kart holds up. You know, like I wouldn't say that a newer Mario Kart is necessarily not as good as the original on Super Nintendo. That last, the Mario Kart 8 is the best Mario Kart there's ever been. But See? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I know, where, I know where you're going. Not, not everything's lean, linear. You know what I mean? Right. Sometimes yeah. you have little peaks and valleys. And right now, I think Smash Bros. is kind of dumb, even though I do accidentally do really good at it. But that's the whole point of it. It's like, I don't want to accidentally be good. I want to be good because I'm actually good at it. I don't want to be like <laughs> smashing buttons and all of a sudden I'm the guy that wins. <laughs> I never felt I was good at them, so I never played them. But that's me. <laughs> we did an eight person one at my birthday party this year, and it was, was it was I kind I I came I, in third. I I'd, I'd never played it before, and I came in third. I'm like this. I, I shouldn't have, but I was Kirby, and I guess that's he's he's pretty good to play with. He's all right. He's all right. Um, <laughs> so there, so there it is, everybody. Battlefront, Ahsoka. Um, we got it all wrapped into one. Um, as we mentioned, I believe at the top of the show, Johnny, you'll get choice for our October episode. So um, we'll be closing up the Oso- the Ahsoka show. Um, Johnny, what do you have in mind for us to discuss uh, for October? I've always been a big fan of the Lego Star Wars games. So that's where we're going to go next time. Just the, the, just the whole series in general. Uh, I've, I'm probably going to touch on all of them because, I mean, really, they're all kind of similar, but uh, I absolutely adore them. So that's what we're going to talk about next time here on the show. Excellent. Excellent. Something to look forward to. What's that? What's that? He's played Uh, one Lego game. You never played the, oh, man, how many more systems do I got to let you borrow? Um, (laughs) Do you have a PS3? What do you have on the Switch? Do you have a PS3, right? I do, yeah. Okay, I have the complete saga at the studio. I'll make sure I get it to you soon. Okay, that's the first like six. Like it's the original style with the first six movies, and it's 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 very fun. That's my favorite. It'll be one. hard to go backwards. It'll be hard to go backwards and play it. Like you play the newer versions, more fluid. But it's a really, it's still a really, really good game. Um, Trust me, nothing but the switch is fluid for me. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. I'm gonna come back and all the analog, like the joysticks, gonna be just broken. I can't. Wait. All eight of them. But excellent, everybody. There it is. That is the airing of Grievous's for the month of September. Uh, We'll be back next time uh, in October for some Lego Star Wars and inclusion of Ahsoka. Thank you so much. And until next time, may the force be with you. Blue milk.
we would be honored if you would join us.